Hello and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast, the podcast about faith and wellness, all about loving God and living well. And I am your host, Dr. Shante. And so we continue with the next part of our series, Liar Liar. And I have to thank you for last week's series. The downloads on that particular episode were way up. And as you know, we are on a campaign right now to hit 10,000 downloads of this podcast in the first three months of launch. And we have approximately, what is today? We have approximately eight, nine days to do that. And I hate to put strictures on myself that way, but we can do it. I absolutely believe that we can do it and you can help me do it. If you hear this episode and you find value in it or it rings bells or you think that it can help people, I implore you, I beseech you, I urge you to please share it. And there's so many ways to share. You can share it text to text. You can share it on social media. There are so many ways to get the word out. And for those of you that are already doing that, shout out Lucretia Slater, shout out Michelle Clark, shout out Andrew from the UK and Katrina, his wife. I love them. I just, so many of you are just doing amazing things to support this podcast. And even those of you who I don't know your name, I appreciate you all the more. I could not do this work without you. And I'm so, so grateful. So let's get right into the second part of this series, Liar, Liar. And so to remind you, anyone who's coming into this and you're hearing this podcast for the first time, this is a series-based podcast. And so this is part two of a three-part series. And so if you are hearing this episode, I encourage you to stop and go back to the first episode in the series and then play this one so that it all makes sense so that there's some continuity in the content. But to remind those of you who were here last week, our scripture for this episode is Genesis 127. So God created man in his own image and the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And we have an additional scripture for this episode, Hebrews 4:15, which says, for we do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who was tempted in every way that we are yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Some versions say, let us go boldly to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So the three things that we are going to be talking about today in our episode are in our feelings, building walls, and don't leave like you came. So let's start with in our feelings. And I know when you hear that, you think of Drake, right? Kiki, do you love me? <laughs> but we, we are not talking about that today. We are talking about the feelings, the emotions that we carry around on a day-to-day basis. And to review, you know, so we started with the definition of terms last time, we called this series liar, liar, because a lie means to make an untrue statement with the intent to deceive, to create a false or misleading impression. And so in our last episode, we talked about the lies and the limitations that we put on ourselves and the many ways that we limit our abilities. But in this episode, we are going to do a deeper dive into the lies that we tell about our emotions. Okay. About our feelings. A lie is not a lie unless there is a motive which begs the question, what's the motive, right? Why lie? What could possibly be the motive for saying what we can't do or masking our true feelings, right? Well, the motive is plain and simple, pain avoidance, okay? Quite simply, the truth hurts. So why do we lie? Because the truth can be very painful. And so in order to avoid that pain, 
we lie. That is the intention behind the lies that we tell ourselves about our abilities and the lies that we tell ourselves about our feelings. And so we do things, we convince ourselves that it's better to tell a pretty lie than it is to deal with the ugly truth. The truth that mm, you think about that breakup that you went through, maybe it wasn't all the other person's fault. Maybe you had a role to play in that too. And it doesn't mean that you deserve the things that happened to you, but did you in some way contribute to the dynamics of that relationship? So that might be the truth, but maybe one that we're unwilling to confront the truth that, you know, even though genetics might be stacked against you, because if you look at every woman in my family, baby, hips for days, it's, it's so funny to like, we'll take up a whole church pew. <laughs> like it's like four of us and, and the whole pew is stacked. Okay. Because we got some showing up hips in our family. So genetics may be stacked against you. And because of that, it may make it harder for you to lose weight. But the truth is it is not genetics that's driving to Dunkin' Donuts every morning, ordering that iced coffee, you know, so that that's a personal choice that we make or the truth that maybe you are more sensitive than you would have others believe that your feelings actually do get hurt, that maybe you're not all rough and stuff with your Afro puffs, but rather than be vulnerable, it seems easier to burn bridges than it is to restore relationships. So when we're talking about truths of our, about our emotions, these are some of the truths that we tend to obscure. But the thing is, in order for us to walk in truth as believers, okay, because that's, that's the audience for this podcast. And if you're not a believer, trust me, there is value for you here. But I do speak from that perspective because as believers, we share a common denominator. We are, are reading, we should be, from a common text and we serve the same God, right? And, and we all are the beneficiaries, the, the benefactors of the same salvation and we have the same spirit of God that, that moves and works within us. So for believers specifically, in order for us to walk in truth, okay? In order for us to walk in integrity, to be whole and complete, lacking nothing, which is what this podcast is all about, our beliefs have to coincide with our words. And so we speak what we believe and our words have to coincide with our actions. And so there has to be a correlation between what we say and what we do. And the Bible is very clear on this. So first John, especially. So if you read the first couple of chapters of first John, John really gets into this notion of, of living a lie. So here's some examples. First John Two four says, whoever says, I know him, that is Jesus, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. And here's the, the key. It's not that you know of Jesus. It's that you know him. When you have had an encounter with Jesus, and if you are a believer, you know what that encounter is. You can trace it. You can trace the moment you found God. You can trace the moment where you were mentally, what was happening in your life, approximately how old you were. Like it's an encounter that just stays in your heart forever. I remember when I met Jesus, I was eight years old and I was far, far baby from the Christian that I am now <laughs> a, a, a long ways off. But I remember that day so clearly in my head, like it happened yesterday. And John is saying, if you know him like that, and you know the power of him who sent you and the power that works within him and works within you and do not do what he says. In other words, if you don't live in love the way that he says that we ought to live, John says that person is a liar. And, and the truth is not in him. He also says in 1 John 1, 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him, so we don't just know him, 
We have fellowship with him. We have a relationship with him and walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. So this is why I question, let me walk, let me tiptoe around this tulip. This is why I question many of the evangelicals that support current political leadership. I'm like, Hmm, how you, how do, how that work? How do you know Jesus? Do we know the same Jesus? Cause if you know the same Jesus that I know, if you have a relationship with the same Jesus that I have a relationship with, how are you condoning some of these things? And I'm gonna just leave that right there. And then first John one eight says, if we claim to be without sin, we des- we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And so John really goes hard in the paint about what it is to live in truth. Okay. What it is to, to live in integrity as a believer, the word of God, it, it describes itself as a double-edged sword. Okay. So it, it cuts, it's a weapon. Okay. It, it forces you to interrogate yourself. It is the ultimate authority on self-examination. So if you say you have love for others, it tells you what that love should look like. And then it forces you to measure yourself against that standard. If you say you love yourself, but you constantly put yourself down, then there is a disconnect between what you say and what you do. And we all know people like that. Okay. We, we know people who say one thing and then do another. And we have many names for that person. We call them shady or unreliable, or we call them trifling. But for the purposes of this series, that person is a liar. And as uncomfortable as that sounds, I want it to prick your heart enough to ask yourself, am I living a lie? I mean, you don't have to tell me, but you have to live with you. Okay. So as, as I've said many times, we can shuck and jive and we can shake and bake and we can make anything look pretty on social media, but we know the truth of our lives. You know, so are you going around saying things like, oh, I'm okay. I'm good. And then self-sabotaging your happiness. Are you going around saying, oh, I'm, I'm determined to get healthy. You know, I'm going to be snatched. Okay. And then turn around and eat and drink and do things that are completely out of alignment with your health goals. What you said you wanted to do. Uh, are we going around posting pictures talking about hashtag relationship goals when the truth is you haven't talked to your significant other in weeks. Okay. Or there's no real intimacy in the relationship. Y'all just two ships passing in the night, going through the motions, all sizzle and no steak. Um, are you going around doing things for others or people asking you to do things and you say, Oh, no problem. When the truth is you are running on fumes, you are burned out. Okay. You are stretched thin and exhausted. And if you are doing that, if there's a disconnect between what you're saying and what you're doing, like I said, in the last episode, there's a dead cat on the line somewhere. Something is not adding up. When we live out of integrity, when we say one thing and we do the opposite, we are living a lie. And when we live that lie, it is going to bring consequences, which brings us to building walls. Now, let me hit you with a disclaimer. This is going to be a slightly lengthy detour, but I promise you, I will tie it all back together. So I'm going to read you basically John chapter four. Uh, one through 30, but I want you to listen. Okay. Don't just hear it. Listen. The Bible says he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. That means lean in to what the scripture is saying. I want you to witness this dynamic between Jesus and the person that he is talking to. Okay. And then I'm going to tie it all together. So John chapter four, a very familiar story. This is the woman at the well. It says, now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact that it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. 
Now he had to go through Samaria. Okay. He said, I must needs go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Joseph just keep on popping back up in this podcast, don't he? Jacob's well was there and Jesus tired as he was from the journey sat down by the well. It was about noon. Now, anybody that knows anything about the weather knows that when it is hottest outside, it is hottest at noon. Okay. So we're talking about the middle East. We're talking about the desert. So I can't think of a worse time to be out traveling in the desert than at high noon, but keep on following the story. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had already gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I don't have to come up to this well and draw. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. She said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Now she shook, shooketh. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors <laughs> worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. So she quickly pivoted, quickly changed the subject. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the father seeks. God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared the one speaking to you. I am he. So shortly after he says this, after he says, I am the Messiah, okay, I'm the one that that was promised that you're waiting for shortly after his disciples rejoined them. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking to her? They had learned at this point when Jesus is doing something, you just stay in your lane. Okay. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way towards him. Now I could do, I really could do a deep dive about the woman at the well. I mean, that's, that literally is, is a whole series in and of itself, but that is not the point I want. I'm talking about building walls here. So do you see what Jesus was trying to do? He already knew her situation. He already knew what kind of lie that she was living, but he did not come to judge her. He came to help her. He came to fill a void in her life. But how did she respond initially? 
the same way that we do deny, defend, deflect. She was not willing to be vulnerable with him. And I get it. You know, this is some strange man. She just met him. I understand that part. But the truth is she carries some baggage to that. Well, like I said, in those times, especially at that time of day, you don't draw water at high noon. You draw water early in the morning before you get burnt to a crisp while it's still cool or you draw it in the evening after the sun has gone down. So she chose high noon to avoid the criticism about the five husbands that she had plus the one that she had right then that wasn't her husband, okay? So she came to that, that well with some baggage. She came carrying some shame and some bad decisions and some poor choices and some mistakes and some wounds. And so when Jesus approached her, she built a wall. She had a shtick. Do you know what a shtick is? You ever heard that word? A shtick? A shtick is a routine, okay? Like, like a comedy routine. Uh, comedians, they, that's where that word comes from. They have a shtick. It's a performance. It's a set of lines that they pull out, you know, on certain occasions. And a lot of us have a shtick, right? So she had a shtick, something that she would use just in case she ran into somebody like she did that day when she met Jesus. And we have a shtick, okay? We have a line, we have our performances, we have our sayings, okay? Like those those patented sayings that we pull out whenever somebody asks us how we're doing or when people try to get too close to us or where people try to dig too deep or people try to be too real, then we pull out our shtick, okay? We pull out our line, we pull out our go-to, our performance, you know, just so that we can keep it real on the surface and not have to dig too deep. And Jesus knew all of that. That's the thing. Jesus knew all of it, just like he knows all of your stuff. He knows all of your stuff. Okay. Jesus has been all in your potatoes. Okay. If you think he hasn't think again, Jesus knows he made you. Okay. Like he, he conceived you in his mind. He knows every single thing about you. And yet when he comes to us, okay. When he sends somebody to us, okay. Or God sends somebody to us as part of his plan to heal us or to restore us, we got our dukes up. Okay, you know, we ready to fight or we are so quick to shut it down. You know, hey, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm good. How you doing? You know, and we say it in such a way as to say that's the extent of this conversation. This conversation isn't going any further. Oh, well, I was just checking. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, it was it was good talking to you. All right, I'm, I'll get with you. We know how to do that. We are our experts at that. People who walk around guarded with hit puppy syndrome, meaning that we've been hit so many times by life that we, as soon as we see somebody approaching, you know, we shrink back. We do that. We're so good at that. Okay. And people recognize that. But here's the thing. Jesus's MO, okay. His mode of operation, his, his motive, it never changes. It never changes. It's always love. It's never shame. It's never judgment. But when we're not willing to be vulnerable with God, when we're not willing to admit the truth, even to ourselves by building walls, what we're doing is we are hindering God from working on our behalf, which leads us to don't leave like you came. So if I was still doing individual one-off episodes, that is exactly what I would call this particular episode. Don't leave like you came. So as I said, we had a second guiding scripture, which was Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. And it says this, for we do not have a high priest, that is Jesus, who was unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who was tempted in every way that we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence 
so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is one of my favorite passages of scripture because it's a scripture about empathy. Okay. Empathy is when you get down in the hole with somebody and say, I get it. I get it. I understand that I'm with you. That's what empathy is. Sympathy is, oh, poor you, or I feel bad for you, or, ooh, I pity you. But empathy gets down in the trenches with you and says, I'm in this with you. I feel this with you. I hurt with you. I I understand your pain. And I'm willing to be vulnerable enough to, to feel the pricks of the past from when I felt that thing so that I can be in this thing with you. And that's what this scripture says. It says, that Jesus gets it, that he is not so far removed from the human experience that he cannot understand your hurt and your unresolved issues and your pains. Jesus faced every single temptation that we do without sin. So he knows the pain of loneliness. He knows the pain of betrayal. He knows the pain of family feuds because James, okay, so the book of James, James was Jesus's brother and James did not believe in Jesus until after Jesus died on the cross. And so up until that time, James thought that Jesus was a charlatan, thought he was a fraud. So his own brother did not have his back. FYI, go, go do your Bible digging and and you'll find that out. But after the conversion experience, I mean, after he was resurrected, James had a whole different attitude about it and became one of the most vocal servants of Christ, you know, beyond that time, but I digress. So Hebrews is saying that Jesus is not so far removed that he can't sympathize, that he's not so far removed. He's not so up high in heaven and in his ivory tower that he doesn't understand us. You know, my college just a few days ago actually told us that we're not going to be back on campus until at least 2021. So when we go into the fall semester, I will not, I will be right at here in my crib teaching. Okay. Teaching from home. And that's more than seven months away. And that span of time, that's a lot of time. That's a long time. That span of time is God's gift to me. It's for me to grow closer to him without the excuse of, Oh, I couldn't pray this morning. Cause I had to hurry out the door. No, I didn't to go where <laughs> to do what? I cannot leave this pandemic the way that I came into it. The B part of that verse says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So what is God trying to tell you? What is he giving you time to confront? What is he giving you time to deal with? What have you swept under the rug out of sight that you can't ignore anymore? You don't have to leave this pandemic the way that you came into it. This scripture says that because Jesus knows how we feel, we can approach him boldly with confidence so that, and this is the key, we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Do you know what mercy is? Mercy is forgiveness. It's kindness. It's compassion. It's when you expect hurt and you get a hug. It's when you expect judgment and somebody pulls you in close and says, I get it or rubs you on the back and says, it's okay. Okay. That's what, that's what mercy is. And do you know what grace is? Grace is, it comes from a Hebrew word gracious from it's called Shanun, which means favor. 
This scripture says that because Jesus knows what you've been through and he knows what you're struggling with, you can confidently approach him and receive forgiveness and kindness and compassion and favor. And don't you want that? Don't you want that? Isn't that preferable to anger, to shame, to guilt, to stress, to depression, to anxiety, to disappointment, to doubt, to fear? Wouldn't you rather have kindness and compassion and favor and forgiveness? Don't leave this pandemic like you came. God is allowing disruption so that you can change something in your life that has overstayed its welcome. That lie or those lies, whatever they may be, whatever those lies are that you're telling yourself or whatever lie you may be living in, whatever area that it is, it, it has no more place in your life. In order for you to be whole and complete, lacking nothing, you have to be willing to be honest with yourself. You have to be willing to be honest with God and stop allowing yourself to live beneath your integrity. So that is it for my part of the Liar Liar series. And so I'm excited that in our next episode, we will be bringing in Miss Lauren Jackson. Lauren is a clinical therapist that will be offering her dope millennial insights on this series about what it means to live in integrity from a psychological perspective. So thank you for those of you who are supporting this podcast. Again, if you wish to sow a seed in, into this show so that I can continue to offer it to pay for things like, you know, Dropbox and, and storage and Adobe audition and, and all the software and things like that. Then you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Dr. Shante. It's like a, it's like a virtual tip jar for content creators is basically what that is. And so if you want to throw a dollar in there, I would gladly welcome it. If you want to share this podcast and help me impact the lives of more than a million people, please do that by sharing it via text or on your social media. You can absolutely spread the word, help us get to that campaign of 10,000 downloads before our first three months. And if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante says, and I will see you next time.